Hello, and welcome to the IHA podcast, Getting to Know Iowa Hospital Leaders. My name is Joa Hogan, and today we talk with Kurt Sargent, president at CHI Health Mercy in Corning. Welcome, Kurt, and thank you for being on our podcast today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Can you tell us why you accepted the role of president at CHI Health Mercy in Corning? Uh, well, uh, I was the CFO for two critical access hospitals in uh, North Dakota, and so I was kind of looking for that next opportunity in my career for new challenges, and so this position came up in Corning within the same Catholic Health Initiatives company, and so I jumped at the chance and was lucky enough to get the position. So is this your first time in Iowa? So uh, actually, I was born in Iowa and moved to Minnesota when I was uh, young, uh, grew up in upper half of Minnesota, north central Minnesota, went to college there, ended up uh, working for a line of health system for 18 years and different finance and compliance roles. In 2015, uh, I got a job as a VP of finance for Catholic Health Initiatives out of their Fargo office. So I was based in Fargo, North Dakota. I had two critical access hospitals that I was the chief financial officer for. This position came up, and so I was able to get here in April of uh, 2021. Welcome back to Iowa. I hope yeah. you're uh, <laughs> enjoying it. This will be your first winter coming up, but um, I'm sure it'll be a little bit milder than Fargo. Yeah, that's what everyone says. I'm looking forward to that a little bit. Um, I did catch the tail. Actually, I don't know if you call it winter last year, but I, you know, moving down in April, uh, you know, so there's a little snow. But yeah, it's a little different down here so far. Would you say you have a certain leadership style or philosophy? I like to think that I'm very collaborative in working with other people and trying to understand the different viewpoints that people have and try and come to a common uh, understanding and a common goal on how to move forward. So I really like the interaction between uh, my team members and other people to come up with a solution that works for everybody. So really collaborative and collegial is probably my best, uh, I would describe my style. Great. Thank you. And what does a typical day look like for you at CHI Health Mercy Corning? Well, as most people know, uh, in a hospital, it just definitely varies day by day. Uh, We start off uh, pretty close to the Early morning, usually it's, uh, you know, catching up on some emails. And then we have a daily safety huddle that we have with all the departments where we go through and identify. We look at our volumes and look at any safety concerns that we've had the previous day and what we're looking forward to. So that's a real inter, inter or important part of the day that we go through. And then uh, from there on, then usually it's just meetings with uh, different staff members. I like to round um, and walk through the facility just every day to kind of chat with people and make sure the facility's looking uh, as great as we can make it and uh, just getting around with people. And so it ends up that's kind of like a lot of my day is just then kind of getting back to the office of, you know, doing emails and a lot of conference calls is kind of how I <laughs> describe it. Uh, being part of a larger system, we end up having to have quite a number of calls usually. So that's kind of a, a overview of a typical day. But again, it just goes off depending on what happens. If there's a facility issue or anything, then it just goes in a different direction. Understood. Well, thank you. What are your organization's greatest challenges at this time? Staffing is such a huge problem that we're having. Uh, I think even before that, but being in a small town, it's hard to get qualified people uh, to come uh, to Corning. Uh, we're 
you know, hour and a half away from a major city, but really trying to get the core ancillary services um, covered has really just been a challenge. I think when we look at radiology and lab are just hard to come by that we have in the whole market, even the whole, even in Omaha, we have uh, 40 some positions open for radiology. Here we have three openings. Um, so that's really what's just keeps you up at night is making sure that we're able to deliver the services that people expect here. And so those are the biggest ones. And on that note, for someone that's looking uh, to possibly work at, at your organization and have never been to Corning, what would you tell them about Corning? Uh, Corning, it's, it's uh, a small community. It was where Johnny Carson was born. Um, so that's the highlight of the, the town. And so hopefully people know who he is. <laughs> um, but, you know, late night or late, kind of the big instigator of late night talk shows. Um, and so he was born in this community, but it's a really uh, a vibrant community. They care about them, uh, care about the community. We've had, we have very good support to the, for the community. Uh, it's an older uh, style. So it's very, you know, a lot of classic buildings here and, and a lot of history. Here we have a NASCAR track, uh, small dirt track. So that's pretty exciting uh, for us. Um, we're the county seat of Adams County as well. And so it's a, but it, it's a really great uh, place. We have a really good, uh, I think the highlight people would say was have a really good restaurant here of a farm to table restaurant that people come from all over to visit too is a, a big thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've, I've, I've yeah. never been, but that sounds yeah. like something that would be really good. It's called Primrose and they grow their own vegetables and everything uh, there. So it's really nice place. And so a lot of people come here for that. We have a lot of other things. Like I said, we have NASCAR and great community here. So really happy to, to be here. Absolutely. And I'm a lifelong Iowan and I, I'm from Southwest Iowa, from Greenfield, <laughs> Iowa. Oh, okay. I, and I guess I kind of forgot about the Johnny Carson connection. So he was born there. And how long did he live in Corning? That one I can't answer. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> I You're... made it there. To... <laughs> Got it. <laughs> um, they, yeah, actually, the main street's called Johnny Carson Boulevard. Wow. And are you aware it is his birth home? Is it still there? Or Yes. Yep. It's okay. a, tour, a tourist or you can go through there. There's a, a society that... Um, it's actually not too far. I think from my own house, people go there to visit and, you know, take a tour. So they have like their a society that manages the house. And I'm sure you're not aware of it either, but I wonder if, you know, kind of in the height of his powers when he was on TV every night, if he ever, and, and probably didn't do as much remote stuff as they do nowadays, but I wonder if he ever uh, came back to Corning and like filmed an episode of the Tonight Show or anything I don't, of that sort. I don't think he ever did. I don't think he even came when they named the street after him. Okay, got it. I, I can sort of relate as as discussed in a previous episode. We're um, from Greenfield, Iowa. The the movie Cold Turkey was filmed, and and both uh, Bob Newhart was in that, and um, Dick Van Dyke. I remember as a youngster they would have Cold Turkey Days as kind of a festival every year, and uh, I don't recall. Mr. Newhart coming back. <laughs> so yeah. what kind of things do you enjoy in your downtime? Do you have any hobbies to share with us? Well, my biggest hobby right now is uh, I bought a house um, here in Corning and kind of a little bit of a fixer upper. And so I've learned a little bit about the house, but I, I enjoy doing home improvement projects. So this one's a little bit of a bigger task, but I basically do most of the work 
myself, plumbing, electrical, and all those things. So I enjoy doing that on my downtime uh, for the most part. And then, uh, yeah, just trying to keep busy doing that and have a, a place that, uh, to call home. <laughs> and as far as uh, family goes too, I have a, I have a daughter uh, who is 26 and then a couple grandkids. They keep me busy too, as far as being able to communicate with them and, and look forward to seeing them on occasion. So with your home modeling projects, is there any a new skill or something you're, you're doing with this new home that you haven't done before? No, because I just finished up doing another house not too long ago. This one is actually a, it's an older home. It's built in like 1890-ish. And so there's not a level floor in the place. So it's been a lot of straightening floors, which is something that's kind of a, a challenge to do. Um, so that's probably the biggest task was having to go and deal with that. And actually plaster and lath too is not really something I'm, uh, I know much about. So it ends up, I put up a lot of sheetrock. <laughs> wow. Wow. But that's yeah. a great, a great skill set to have. Yeah. I'm jealous. I, it's, a, it's a messy business. Yeah, <laughs> but that's great. You can do it yourself. That's very impressive. And are, do you have anything you're reading at the moment? One of the ones that I'm really looking forward to is the Checklist Manifesto by Atul Gawande. And I'm a big checklist person. And so uh, that's one that I'm, I'm anxious to, to get into. The work that he's done, he actually had a TED Talk several years ago, kind of talking about the using a checklist. So I'm really intrigued to kind of get into that. TED Talk he did was talking about how, you know, how he can use a checklist, how they use them in the airline industry. And so the checklist isn't on how to fly a plane. It's reminding you of what the important things are in flying, you know, and making sure that the flaps are open or whatever. And and so that's kind of the interesting part when we look at how we relate that to healthcare is, you know, are we doing a checklist when we discharge people, you know, so we know we're covering everything that they're going to need when they're, when they're getting discharged, even admissions, making sure that we're not skipping any steps so that the patients know what, what's expected from them and, and those things. And so that's where I think it's important to make sure that we're have our ducks in a row to make sure that everyone's getting the same information and and having a safe, a good recovery and safe at home. Obviously, I've heard of checklists before, but it sounds like it's it's bigger than that, where it's almost like a business philosophy or an approach. Have, so have you utilized that at Corning as far as implementing a formal checklist in the processes you just discussed? Right. We're in the process of finalizing a discharge checklist. We use them on admission again, to go and catch those things and, and uh, again, making sure that we have everything in place for mission, but they haven't really created one on discharge. And so there we would look at trying to create a, a checklist to, to go and say, okay, going through the H caps and other things. And it's just reminding patients of, you know, this is what we've done when you were here. And this is how you're going to be safe when you get home. You know, we've talked about the meds you're going to have. We've talked about what your plans are, when your follow-up appointment is going to be. All those things are important. And so we're just in the process of getting ready to roll out this checklist. Soon I've been working with uh, our supervisor with patients, uh, nursing supervisor, uh, to come up with the checklist that we can uh, implement. Well, that's great. Yeah, I'm going to have to look more into that. that. That sounds really great. So you would recommend maybe that TED Talk? It's the concept of it, I think, that is... I mean, he just, he's a very good speaker. If you, so Atul Gwande is a Harvard uh, trained neurosurgeon 
He writes for the New Yorker. He was actually the CEO of a venture with Berkshire and JP Morgan and uh, Amazon, I think, or something like that. But he's just a, a good speaker. He does. He did some front lines. It's just the way that he kind of describes how medicine has changed a little bit. And so the Czechos was just one thing of how he described how he worked with the WHO or his group. And this could have, you know, I'm not sure all the background of it totally, but that they went through uh, to create a checklist for surgery. And so that's kind of how he described it is we create a checklist for a surgery to create a safe environment. And so he talks about how they went through and that's where it kind of lifted the part about Boeing is they went to Boeing and said, how do you do a checklist? And they're like, well, this is the pilots would go through this list and they go through it every time, which is, I think that's the key when we're talking about healthcare is there's really, we need to have it every time, each and every time. And so that's always hard part. But so the, the pilots, they go through and say, okay, oh yeah, we have to check the flaps. We got to check the oil. We got to, you know, all those things. And so in the patient care, in the surgery room, he talks about it in the TED talk that we take the time, it's, it's doing the time out, but then it's going making, she goes making sure that we deliver the antibiotic in the exact time that we want it, making sure that we all know, understand what the procedure is, understanding we introduce ourselves to know who everybody is in the room. And just, he talks about those things. So the concept is just really that part of being able to go through it and, and it's, it's identifying the important things that you don't wanna miss. And again, he talks about surgeries like, it's not how to perform surgery. It's how these are the steps that you need to make sure that get done so that you are having that safe environment. And so being able to go, like you said, if, and I probably will mess up the statistic, but if you went and said, if we give, if you give antibiotic at this specific time, you'll reduce the infection rate by 30%. And, you know, and so just some of these amazing things that you go and say that a checklist really is that piece. And, you know, we all use them in our work. It's just a matter of trying to sort of institutionalize those as the, as the concept of we're going to, we're going to go through the items, make sure the patient understands what we've all done so that they can one is appreciate it. We can make sure that we didn't miss a step in there. And so that's why we we're looking forward to, to getting more organized around that. Kurt, what would you say was the best advice you were ever given? You know, as an accountant, I sort of, um, look at things in a different way <laughs> sometimes. And, you know, the one thing I, I think back on and not probably any smarter than anybody else, but I think the one thing that I appreciate someone telling me is as an accountant, I have two things going for me. One is my intellect, which, you know, is questionable. Um, but the second one is integrity. And so I think that that's, that's one value that I hold strongly in that is integrity. I really admire that in people, you know, having trust in that piece and people relying on me. And so I just think that, well, it wasn't necessarily a good piece of advice. It's just more of like making sure that I don't ever want to be in a position where I'm not, you know, trusted, I guess. And so that's, that's one of the big things for me. Well, thank you. We really appreciate your time today. And I have one last question for you that I've asked everybody that's been on the podcast and it's what's a life changing lesson that COVID-19 has taught you? The biggest one, I think for me, is seeing the amazing work that our people do and our employees do. They just work really hard and they dive in to get things done. We've been challenged with staffing. We've been challenged with having people come in who are very sick and require us to don and doff PPE and everything. And they they just do it. So really seeing the people kind of just step up and 
you know, come in when, when things are necessary and do the work, I think is just something that's really just taught me about the, the care of where we are. And there's a lot of, you know, other things that, that are related to COVID, but I think it's the people that's really pushed us through here in Corning to address the crisis that we have. Well, thank you so much, Kurt Sargent, president at CHI Health Mercy Corning for being on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure. This Iowa Hospital Association podcast is an opportunity to get to know Iowa hospital leaders. Join us next month for another interview. Thank you for listening.